let's thank him one more time, please. Father, we just love you and appreciate you. And give you all the glory for all things that you are doing all over the world. And we know, we know, we know you have prepared something for us all today and tomorrow. And we worship you, we worship you, Father. And we pray that your spirit move, Lord, in this day, in this time, in this hour. That there be a, a real, genuine hunger in the heart of your people. We praise you, we love and adore you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, the, as you know, some of the teachings or preachings I do here, we also put them on television. I'm now on different global television networks. I'm here also in USA in, um, in different TV uh, stations here in the US, also on, um, on the Galaxy Satellite. Then in Europe, I'm on Hotbird Satellite, which covers all of Europe. Then in Africa also, Middle East, Central Asia, in Africa, I'm on TBN, uh, TBN Africa. So we, I'm there twice a week. And here, I'm going to give you more information tomorrow, how you can watch me on television here, Amazon something, Apple TV, all those. I'm all there almost four times in a week here in the States. So I will give you more information tomorrow. I'll give it to you so you can put it on the screen. But anyway, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Now, as we have been speaking, and I shared with you briefly yesterday, uh, when the Lord sent me to Czechoslovakia, he told me expressly, he says, son, what you must do, you must do quickly. I have held back darkness for a season. And soon, a deeper darkness than communism will cover this entire area, will basically cover the whole world. I have held back darkness for a season. And soon, a deeper darkness will cover this entire area. It will be deeper than the darkness of communism. Now, you know that communism came through Russia. Where did the war started now? Russia and Ukraine. So what you are seeing happening is not just war like you would say any other war. What is, you are seeing now is darkness covering the earth. The Bible said that this will happen to cover this entire earth. He said, arise and shine for your light is come. He said that though there will be increase in deep darkness all over the world, yet the Lord your God shall be your everlasting light. So we are in that very season where darkness is increasing. 2012, August 2nd, 3 a.m. in the morning, I had a divine visitation. And the Lord was there. It was the first time I saw the Trinity in person. An angel was coming towards me to bring me a message. When he came near where the camera is, he shifted. And behind him were three men coming towards me. The first person in the middle was the Lord Jesus. And I fell on the ground before him. And he said, why does he fast alone? Why does he fast alone? I said, Lord, I don't fast alone. You know, every end of the month, we all come together and have like three or four days of fasting and prayer. And he said, why don't he fast and pray with the elders? By then, we didn't have any elder, elders in the church. In fact, that's where we started having the, what I call the apostolic prayer team. So all the first fruits and their spouses, plus me and Margaret, when I, I joined them together, it was 12, which is the number of government. So from there, we began the, 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 the elders team. And anytime I'm traveling now or whatever, they all join me in fasting and in prayers. You know, so he said, why does he fast alone? Why don't he fast and pray with the elders? 
My desire for you and me at this hour is that we understand clearly what is happening in the world. If you don't understand from God's own perspective, if you are still seeing this world through the eye of America or the eye of Europe or the eye of politics, you are, you're going to be carried away by the flood of darkness. It doesn't matter. And many people will fall away. They become so offended with God because they will see their earthly dreams and all they have labored for falling apart. And so the Lord told me that um, August 2nd, 3 a.m. in the morning, 2012, when I asked him that question, when are you coming back? He showed me what was about to happen to my stepbrother. I mentioned that here years ago. And also the attack of the enemy against me. And he said, when these things happen, he said, then, then, and then. That's my brother, Danny. I have told him this is all through the years. It's been, we've been known for many, many years. I share with him all, most of the visions God showed to me. And I told him that. And I knew that those three days would be three global events. When he said, then, then, then. They thought, when he said the thought, they did like this. That means, by the thought, then, anything can happen from that time. That's how he did it, like this. It, it, it was amazing when I, when the Lord, when I asked him that question, immediately the Holy Spirit moved into Jesus. And he started speaking to me because he can only give such a word through the Holy Spirit. You see, this is an amazing thing about the Godhead. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost is one. Jesus Christ is the, is, is, is a, in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, in the body form. In him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So I really desire and pray for the body of Christ all over the world. The Christianity you used to know, the church way, the church life you used to know, that is over. The way you used to see God and see church, see the Bible, is over. If you keep on going that way, you'll be in big trouble. And you become offended with God, angry with God. You can't understand nothing. Everything will offend you. And many people will fall away. But it ought not to be so. God likes to prepare his people ahead of time. Can somebody say hallelujah? And so, uh, how do we get ready? Number one, you have to understand what you are. This world will become more and more filled with darkness. What kind of darkness? Number one, spiritual darkness. Totally spiritual darkness. And then, uh, uh, that darkness there means lies and delusion. The things you hear, the things you see, the things you feel. It will be hard to discern who, what, who's saying the right thing. There will be too much lies, delusion, and confusion, and misrepresentation of things. There will be a perversion of everything. Till you wouldn't know who is a man anymore, who is a woman anymore, and who do I believe now? You know, so truth, they will come against the truth. They are already happening right now. All over the world, they are at war with truth. And they know that the, the source of true truth is the word of God. It is the body of Christ. And they'll be coming against anyone that speaks and teaches and gives people hope in God. 
Because people, they know that if you have hope in God, then you cannot be controlled by man and demonic lies. The Lord Jesus said, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall what? Set you free. Why? Because truth is light. The Bible said that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the father of what? The father of light. With whom is no variableness, nor shadow of what turning. God is the father of light. And what does that mean? He is the father of truth. The devil is the father of light, of darkness. Why? Because he's the, he's a liar. So we are in the season where lie and truth will be in constant, continuous conflict. And if you are not established in the truth, you, can, you will become a victim of a delusion and lie. And so, darkness is increasing, is growing more and more. If you remember there in chapter 1 of the book of Genesis, right in the book of the beginning, God wants you and I to be prepared and our lives full of light. The light of the body is the eye. If your eye is clear and clean, undefiled, unpolluted, unperverted, then your entire body will be full of light. And you will, your life will shine like when a bright candle gives you light. The Lord Jesus said, a candle is not lit to be put under a bushel. Say with me, a candle is not lit to be put under a bushel. You see, this is what happened with many Christians. They come, they give their life to Christ. God lights up their candle, lights up their human spirit. And they say, oh, praise the Lord. They put it on the American flag. They put it on the Democratic Party. And on the Republican Party. So they never walk in the light of, the, of God in their inner man. Then they bring, put it under their head, under their reason. I think, I feel, I have a different idea. And you are not walking in the light which God has lit up in your spirit. And in these last days, you will, you will sink into darkness. Christ came and lit up your candle. Amen. Don't put it under the, under the shadow of your philosophy or psychology or science or politics or race and racism and religion. You must bring that candle, put it on top. Let it give light to every part of your being. Somebody say hallelujah. So you can't just, you know, put that light under anything. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. And the earth was without form and void. And the darkness was upon the face of the deep. In the beginning. And then the earth was without form and void. Satan is working to make this earth, this human life, completely empty and void and useless and of no value. Darkness is turning everything upside down. Today, they don't know what marriage is anymore. Today, you see babies born and they're killed. And, and to, in fact, they're saying that when you tell the truth, that's a head speech. You, 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 you can't say that. You can't say that. Can you imagine that? Then they're talking about you know, the free speech, but that is not a free speech. If you say, I think soon they may say, don't tell anyone to repent. In India, it can't convert anyone. It can't, it can't, it don't tell people to give their life to Jesus. Pray for the sick, but don't tell them to give their life to Jesus. 
And so darkness is increasing all over the world. So here the Bible says, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And then the Spirit of, the, of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Say with me, God divided the light from the darkness. So much also of what you are seeing right now happening on earth is God stepping in to divide the light from what? From the darkness. The Bible says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God and all things were made by him and without him was nothing made that was made. And then verse 4 says, in him was life and the life was the light of man. Can you put for me there John chapter 1 and verse 4? Just imagine that is Genesis 1, 4 and now John 1, 4. In him was life and the life was what? The light of man. <laughs> so if you hide the life, if you put the life of Christ in you under, you have no light to guide you. Because the life, the life is the light. Say with me, the life is the light. You see, when you are a believer, you are born again. You have the life of God in you. If you don't live that life, you have no light. Because the life is a light. And this is how you can see many believers, Christians, but they never, they believe, they receive, but then they're gone. And they never put the light of the candle on top of the, on top of the table so it can give light to every part of their lives. And this is very, very important and critical because we are in that season and time where light will depart from many places. When the Lord said to me, I have held back darkness for a season. And this is, what, what is he doing now? He is withdrawing his hand from the nations. He has given people chance, given men chance. For 2,000 years, the Son of God was crucified, buried, and ascended. And humanity decided to despise the blood of Jesus Christ. And they want to build a society without God. If God allows this war to continue, then Christ died in vain. Then the Bible is not true. He has endured humanity for 2,000 years. He gave people chains, nations, cities, families, people to choose light, choose life, choose Christ. And we choose to build our civilization without God. At last, we build a paradise where there's no God in it. And so, God can no more keep quiet. He has, I have help, yes, for the season, but now I am withdrawing my hand. And when God withdraws his restraining hand, evil takes over. You will see the Holy Ghost departing from families, from people, from churches, from preachers, from cities, where, and, the, and violence and crime and wickedness will totally, completely prevail over many nations. Years ago, I told my brother when the Lord showed me about what he called the decade of non-performing, about the coming economic collapse. I told him almost about, it's about six, five years ago, the decade of non-performing. I called him, asked him, what does that mean, non-performing? 
You know, he told me if that's non-performing, that means the nation, and if it lasts for 10 years, that means it can't even finance its debt. And it, it will go broke and bankrupt. Some nations are already been, you know, really on the edge because of COVID-19. And then comes again this war, which nobody really knows the full extent of this war. The decade of non-performing. In one hand it is scary, the other hand it is glorious. Why? Because the king is coming. And Christ will make himself more real to his people now than ever before. Can somebody say hallelujah? hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And so in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then First John says, First John, uh, in the epistle of First John here, he writes in chapter 1, says these words. Chapter 1. And if you look at verse um, verse 1, said that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was made manifest and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. This is where we have our fellowship. The, the communion, the commonwealth, the common sharing, our place of dwelling, our place of communion and intimacy. It's with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Somebody say, praise the Lord. And these things that we unto you, that that your joy may be full, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is what? Light. And in him is what? No darkness at all. See, the Bible says, the light shined in the darkness and the darkness could not overpower or comprehend or subdue it. You see, we have been living in a world of mixture. Darkness and light have coexisted for many, many years. But now it is a season and time where God himself wants to completely separate the darkness from the light. So, this is where we are. So, those who are in the darkness will be totally, completely in the deep darkness. Those who are in the light will be totally, completely in the deep light. So they are coming this, we are in an hour. They're not going to be any middle ground. And you and me, if you, we truly, genuinely walk in that light. Jesus said, walk in the light. Why you have the light? So you can be called the sons of light. Light makes manifest. There's no lie in the, in the light. There's no hypocrisy in the light. There's no envy and jealousy in the light. There's no hatred in the light. And we are in our in time where you and I must be very, very... Now, this is not church now. This is not preaching now. This is your life. If you allow any spot in your being to be filled covered with darkness, Satan is there. And the pressure from hell will be so intense and almost impossible to handle. So you must let go of anything that is of darkness. Anything. 
Because that, if, you have, if, if some part of you is dark, which is how many Christians live, they have dark spots. A pastor was talking to me about some things he saw. You cannot allow dark spots to exist. Those dark spots, that envy, that jealousy, that egoism and arrogance and pride, that hatred and bitterness and resentment, it will ruin you now. You, tell, you don't want to risk your soul. Is it's going to be too expensive. Now, we must let light totally, completely take over in our hearts and lives. Somebody say hallelujah. And so God is light. And in him, there's no darkness. I, I love God because he is light. He is pure. He is righteous. He is just. There's nothing, there's no unrighteousness in our Father. He is pure. He is holy. His word is truth. He does not deceive or cheat. He doesn't exploit our ignorance. What he said is what he said. And what he promises, he stands by his word. So you and I can be sure. Because we have a God who will never lie. In him is life. In him is light. In him is righteousness. In him we have victory over every powers of darkness. In the life is the light. The more we live that life, the more we have light. The more we have understanding and clarity and direction and counsel and wisdom. Arise from the dead. Let Christ shine on you. The light, the light, the light, the light of heaven, the light of God. God want to rid this world of all darkness. And fill heaven and earth with light. Where dwells righteousness. Darkness is passing away. The devil is having his last chances. And he wants to maximize it. You know, they came to arrest Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said to them, I was with you all the time, preaching and teaching and everywhere. Could you touch me? Could you arrest me? No. He said, but well... This is your hour. And the power of what? Darkness. You see, the darkness have his hour. We wish it doesn't. Darkness has his hour. This is your hour. And the power of darkness. We are now entering to an hour of deep darkness. When Christ Died on the cross. The Bible says, darkness covered the entire land. For almost three hours, you couldn't see nothing. So also in Egypt, there was a darkness covered the entire area of Egypt. They can't see, you can't see your palm of your hand. But it's not just physical darkness. It's now spiritual darkness. Darkness in the human mind and thinking and reasoning. I have seen people in the spirit where their minds was totally, completely taken over by demons. I saw a leader, which is now in the war, battling in the war. I saw that in our church in Czech. I saw him battling with the darkness. 
It will come over his mind. He push it down for a while. Come over his mind. Then after a while, zoom, it took over his mind. And then the war started. Botamo said, the Lord wants you and I to walk in the life. Somebody say hallelujah. The fullness of life. <laughs> the fullness of love. And peace. And righteousness. And mercy. And compassion. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Lord is our light and our salvation. We will not fear nothing. As long as our lives are full of the light of Christ, we fear nothing. We fear nothing. Somebody say hallelujah to Jesus. So he says, walk in the life. So you can be called the children of life. And he said, it is your time. It is your hour. You have your time. You have your hour. And I will resist you. I wouldn't walk. I wouldn't come against you. I would just let you have your time because this is, this is your hour. And from then, he didn't say much. He didn't do nothing. No miracle. He didn't get, no, he, he, just, he just, just kept quiet. Because it was the hour of darkness. The devil have his hour. Somebody say with me, Lord. Say with me, Lord. Keep me in this hour. I need your light. Be my everlasting life, O oh Lord my God. Now, one thing that happens to we human beings, we hardly learn from our past experiences. What has the world learned from COVID? Anything? No, we are looking for when it go back so we can go back to the strip clubs. Oh, let this end so we can go play ball again. Have we learned nothing? Nothing. Even the Christians. If human beings, we are the most naive. What have you learned from millions of people dying from a virus? What do we learn from it? Nothing. We say, you know, the, the sycamore tree has fallen. We're going to rebuild with stones. Better. We're going to build better. We're going to build better. We're going to build better. One of the biggest problems with humanity is that we have false teachers and false leaders who they don't want to tell you, hey, you know why there's COVID? Because we are living in sin. Let's come back to God. No, 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 no. Because if you, if you say that, people will become turned towards God. No, we just keep, we are waiting for the dog. We're going to find a vaccine and do this and do that. And then we're back to life, back to normal again. Normal to what? Normal back to sin. That back to hypocrisy, back to lies, back to evil. And we are dying and we are learning nothing from it. We've been pregnant. We've gone through the motions of delivery. But we've got birth to wind. How come nobody learned nothing? Nobody said, hey, this must be a judgment. God must be we're straining, taking his hand of restraint. Could it be all we need as a nation, as a people, as a human, is to call on the God who made heaven and earth to have mercy upon us and heal our land? No, 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 no. We play politics with it. People look for, they see it as a, a chance to make more money. They are making money out of the corpses, out of the dead bodies. Why wouldn't God destroy humanity? 
Why wouldn't he destroy humanity? We, we learn nothing. God said, I have broken your head and you didn't learn. I have kicked you. I have let you suffer, but you wouldn't. Why don't you cry to me? My father, my father, you are the guide of my youth. What have you learned from your sufferings? What has pain taught you? Lord, deliver me. When things happen, I always say, Lord, please help me learn the right lessons. Now, help me, Lord, please help me learn the right lessons. Don't let those false teachers to, to interpret to you what is happening. Because they will not let you think God is involved or sin could have provoked this. Or that what we need now is to return back to God. No. Oh, we're going to return back to normal. You see, Nimrod... Build the Tower of Babel. Why? As a way to escape from judgment. He said, hey, we don't have to obey God. Now we know how he punishes humanity. When we do evil, he will send a flood. So now let's build a tower that will reach to heaven. So when, when he send more another flood, we'll just climb up there and escape the flood. You see how humans think. <laughs> Let's, let's find an escape so we can, we don't have to repent. We don't have to change. Let's keep on doing the evil we want to do, but find a way to escape the judgment and the punishment of God. This is the mindset of humanity. How can we sin, rebel, do what we want, sin against God and escape the punishment? So instead of repenting from our sin, crying to God, we find something that can help us escape the punishment for our sins. So you don't have to repent. Find a vaccine. You don't have to repent. You don't have to change. Find an escape. Commit, a, commit adultery and fornication. Get pregnant and go up, get abortion. And continue your sin. I call that the grace of Satan. That's the grace of Satan. Don't change. Don't repent. And let nobody condemn you. Let nobody tell you what you are doing is wrong. Don't stop. Don't change. And don't feel guilty of what you are doing. Don't say, hey, who am I doing this? This ought not to be the right way. No, no. Keep on doing it. Let, if anybody say anything against what you are doing, it's a head speech. So keep on living this way. Don't, don't seek for a solution. Don't try to cry to God. Don't condemn yourself. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel bad. And don't change. Keep on doing what you like. That's the grace of Satan. But God's grace is this. Admit this is wrong. Admit you have a problem. Admit this ought not to be. And say, oh God, deliver me. The Bible says, by mercy and truth. Iniquity is what? Purged. Admit. Stop justifying yourself. Say, God, what I'm doing is wrong, but I have no power to set myself free. So I come to you. I fall on your mercy seat. I ask you, oh God, deliver me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Change me. The Bible says, if we judge ourselves, we shall not be what? Judged. 
But if we don't judge ourselves, then we are chastised. We are beaten. We are exposed to harm and pain and shame and humiliation. Why? So you don't perish with the rest of the world. Somebody say with me, Lord, do all you can to keep me out of hell. I say, God, if you take you to beat me up, beat me up, <laughs> whip me, get my, get my attention. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And I want to read this for you in chapter, let's go ahead and read this in chapter 6 of Ephesians. Are you still with me? Oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Chapter 6. And it says here, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You know, some people think if they would not talk about the devil or ignore him or, don't, or behave as if he doesn't exist, then devil won't attack them. No, he already got you in his pocket. They say, oh, I don't want to talk about the devil because the devil will hear me. Devil doesn't hear me. He hears Christ in me. And that scares him to death. <laughs> you don't confront the devil by your own strength or by your own word. You confront him by the word of God. Thus say the Lord. It is what? Written. Somebody say hallelujah. Say with me. It is what? Written. I didn't write it. God wrote it. That's God's verdict. And so we must put on the whole armor of God. Say with me. Put on the full armor of God. And then verse 13 again says, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. We have to understand, Christ told us there will be evil day. Every day is not the same. And for us to be able to withstand and survive in the evil day, we have to know and understand and put on the full and the complete armor of God. Now, and that armor of God is called the armor of light. Romans 13. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 13. We can go ahead and read. Thank you, Lord. He says these words. Love walketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. What we are seeing, the increase in darkness and evil and violence all over the world. Yes, it is evil and bad and dangerous. But also, it is pointing us to the fact that now our salvation is now what? Nearer than when we were, when we believed. I got saved 1985, September 7th, 9 p.m. in the night. It was Saturday night. Christ appeared to me. I was saved by divine visitation. Just imagine how many years ago. But now, it's a whole different time. And so, we have to know that we have to be prepared and ready against the evil day. And verse 12 says, uh, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Say with me, I must now put on the armor 
of light. You see, you cannot fight darkness any other way. When God looked and darkness has covered the face of the deep and the whole creation has sunk into darkness, the only thing God did was to say what? Let there be what? Light. The Holy Ghost moved upon the face of the water and then God spoke and said, let there be light. As darkness deepens all over the earth, you cannot deal with darkness any other way. You can't even deal with it by your religion or your morality or your intelligence or your doctrines and dogma. The only way you can keep darkness out of your heart, out of your mind, out of your thoughts is by the power of light. You have to have the light of God shining in you night and day. You must understand how to walk in the light of God, which has lit up your human spirit. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the light. Chapter 5 of Ephesians. And look what Paul said there in chapter 5. And he says here in this word, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also had loved us, and had given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savour. But fornication and all uncleanness, let not once be named among you as become a sense. You have to walk in the light of love, in the light of his love. You can never allow or fathom or hide or keep any room for hatred and envy and jealousy and unforgiveness. Self must be totally, completely dethroned and God enthroned. Satan said, I will arise, I will ascend, I will be like the most high. It is the I that is the evil. When I is deified, when I in you become your God, become your ultimate drive, become the purpose and motive of all your word and actions, you are in the darkness. So I must be dethroned and God enthroned and then light of God will shine and brighten every step you take. Somebody say hallelujah. And so we have to understand in this hour that we live in, as the Bible says in Luke chapter 14, speaking about taking an inventory. Inventory. Luke 14. And verse 26, he says these words of Luke 14. Praise you, Jesus. Twenty-five. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. Think on that. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Look at verse 28. For which of you intend to build a, a tower Sit not down first and count the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. Less happily after he had laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that should behold it began to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. How many Christians has fallen away by the wayside? They began, but there are no more here. They, they had either, I don't know, you see, because we, we came to Christ. We even believe in God for self. 
God will give you this. God will do that for you. God, believe God. Confess it. Believe it. Say it. You get it. Most of our preaching and teaching is about what you cannot get. God will give you a wife. God will give you a husband. He'll give you a car. He'll give you something bigger, better, greater. And, and, and people, and it is still self on the throne. Jesus Christ came down this earth to crucify I. He came to dethrone you. And enthrone God. The Bible said, when Jesus said, I have come to do your will, O God. The Bible said, we are sanctified. We are purified. We are liberated by that very willful decision to obey God and not himself. Why can't we understand the Bible? Why is it hard to understand God? Why are we learning and learning and learning and still it seems as if we don't know nothing? Why? Why are we still blind? Because I is still on the throne. I must be dethroned. God did not create you for you. It's not a a, a new revelation. God did not create you for you. And God did not save you for you. God created you for himself, for his pleasure. He saved you for himself. This is why Egypt was, Israel was in trouble. They thought God set them free from Egypt so they can have a nice, good time and good life. And they forget, sometimes I wonder, how can they see all those miracles in Egypt? And 40 years, manna and miracle and signs and wonders in the wilderness. And they still worshipped idols. It is unimaginable. How can they see God was walking with them 24-7. The pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by day. They see God. They hear God. They, they see the glory, the power, and the majesty of God. I mean, with their own eyes. How can they quickly follow and worship demons? How? Self. Because at the end, the summary of I and I and self Worship is the Antichrist. The Antichrist will be the personification, the embodiment of self-will. Of me. It is man saying that I'm God. <laughs> I'm a, he exalts himself above all that is called God. That's self. And when self is exalting himself above God and against God, Nothing will happen but destruction. Life from now on will not make much sense if self is not dethroned. You cannot make sense out of the pressure, out of the sufferings. It doesn't make sense. You say, where is God? Why? Why? Somebody was asking me, why? I say, you asking why? Ask your head. You ought to know why. Come on, people. Come on, God's people. I must be dethroned. When I is dethroned and Christ is enthroned, your life is full of light. It's a continuous daily thing. 
And that's the only way we can be able to resist and, and, and resist the devil in this end time. The Bible says, submit yourself to God and then resist the devil. People are trying to resist the devil and the devil wearing you out. Why? Because you don't submit to God first. If you don't submit to God, you got to resist. The devil will, he, he, will, he, he will make your life miserable. He will make your life hell on earth. Submit to God. Let I die. Let Christ be enthroned. Totally, completely submit yourself day and night. Say, Lord, I'm here today to live for you. I am here to serve your pleasure. And you find yourself in him. Can somebody say hallelujah? Somebody say hallelujah. We put on the armor of life. And then it says, if we look at Luke chapter 14 a little bit, please more. And it says um, uh, in verse, um, verse 31, it says, On what king going to make war against another king, sit not down first and consulted whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sent an ambassador and desired conditions of peace. So likewise also, you, whosoever also he be of you that forsaketh not all that he had, he cannot be my disciple. It is plain. War has shaped the history of the universe more than anything else. But remember, this war began in heaven, not in America. It began in heaven, not in Russia. It began in heaven, not in Ukraine. There's, and there's only one war. There's not a million. There's only one. It is what is happening in the realm of the spirit that you are seeing affecting and shaking the whole world. There's only one war. It's the battle between light and darkness. So we must never be confused. That's why take side with the light. Be careful you don't be drawn to one side, thing or the other. then you become blind. Then you don't see the whole and the full and the complete picture. And without seeing the full picture, you begin to fight human beings as if humans are your enemies. And it's shame on the church that we are so blinded. You think those people in that party is your enemy. Oh, there are my what a blindness. What a deception. What a lie. What a delusion. If we don't let the light of Christ to shine in our hearts and mind, I am telling you, the time is coming when you can't see two people live together. The devil will turn you against each other. What a blindness. What a delusion. What a deception when we, are, we don't know who the enemy is. The Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against these powers of evil. Your husband is not your enemy. Your wife is not your enemy. The white is not your enemy. The black is not your enemy. If you see the black and white, you are blinded. You are a captive of darkness. It is time we Christians make an inventory. Who is my enemy? Witches have attacked me with madness and insanity. I don't hate witches. I love them, but I hate witchcraft. 
and I destroyed their witchcraft. <laughs> I told you the story here many times years ago. I'm at Minnie's. I was preaching there, and I could sense some kind of dark hand coming towards my throat to choke me. I was like, ah, ah. I said, Holy Ghost, what is going on here? He said, there's a witch in the hall. He's trying to try you. I said, huh. That time I was more raw than I'm now. You know, I was already fine. <laughs> then I was single. <laughs> you know, don't you dare touch a single missionary. Little black thing there in the midst of all those white folks. <laughs> so I, I said, hey, there's a witch in the hall tonight. If you try me again, the ambulance will take your dead body out of here. And I declared, I'm not playing game. Then I'll, I'll, that time I killed witches. I don't kill them anymore. I kill their witchcraft now. And I say, I bind you in Jesus' name. She didn't try again. When the meeting was over, she came. Is that my phone ringing? Okay. And, and when, the, when the meeting was over, the lady came to me. She said to me, yes, I'm the witch. I was trying you. I said, wow. I said, which power is stronger, yours or mine? He said to me, your power is stronger. I cast the demons out of her. She gave her life to Christ. I was baptizing by the stream years ago, and, and I saw a guy making this meditation with his hand and leg, making, I don't know, he his eyes closed. I was baptizing people over there. I went to him and said, hey, open your eyes. What are you doing? Huh? Meditation. I said, do you, do you know God? I do meditation. I'm this. I said, that's not the real thing. I cast the demons out of him and threw him to the water and baptized him. <laughs> right there, I didn't wait for tomorrow. <laughs> Rope, I was raw then, bro. I was young, man. I was single. Now my wife can do like this. My wife did. I hope she's not watching me. Then nobody will do me like that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Come on, people. Wake up. The, the Christian life is becoming more and more dynamic. More and more raw. More and more wonderful. We have to take an inventory. You have to know there's a war raging. It's a home run. The widow came to Elisha and said, hey, hey, I am in death. They're about to take my sons because we are owing and my husband, your servant, is dead. Please help, help. Elijah, Elisha said to her, what do you have at home? She said, oh. She was expecting to get help from the outside, but the prophet sent her back home. What do you have at home? She said, oh, a bottle of oil. He said, that's enough. You, the, Christ, the, the Christians today, they are always trying to hear something new. That's why they say, oh, the Bible is old. They are trying to get new revelation, new word, new word, new, new. Shut up. Have you done the old one? Christ is saying to you and I, you want to go to the war? There's a war raging. What do you do first? Go home and make an inventory. Ask yourself, what do I have? What do I know? What weapons can I use? Am I able to face the enemy that is coming? War is coming. COVID is coming. Darkness is coming. You, you, have, you have to run. And say, you go home and see, what do I have? What have I learned? What do I know? What has been revealed to me? What do I have? This is very important. 
Because we are, we are in a time where people are thinking something new, something great, something more wonderful. As if all you've been taught in this church doesn't count now. You go back to what you've learned. Go to the old messages. Old revelation. Stop looking for something new. Go back home. Go and search what you've been taught. Search and understand. What does the Bible say about the blood of Jesus? About the name of Christ? How, how do we overcome? It is time we take a more earnest heed. Say with me, it is time. I pay a close and abundant attention to the things which I have been taught, which I have learned. We must come to the reality of what Christ has accomplished on Calvary's cross. You don't need a new, new Messiah. You don't need any new age. Don't need any new Bible. Go home. And make an inventory. Who am I? Am I really born again? If I die today, will I go to heaven or hell? Come on, go home. Tell yourself the truth. Be your own preacher. Be your own prophet. Convert your own soul. From the path of darkness. Stop looking for something out there. Go home. Kneel down. Open the Bible. And say, oh God, help me understand. <laughs> Years ago, as I told you, when I first went to visit Czech, I was in the city of Zelina. Walking, I didn't know anybody. I was walking around there, 1991, December 5th. Just went to visit, just, for, just to you know, spy the land. And, and, uh, and I was trying to see if I can find some Christians. Because the Lord told me I'm going to go to Czechoslovakia in 1993 as a missionary. But 91, I visited there just to see the area. Just to know. And I didn't know anybody. I was just walking in the street. Then I, I saw a boy and a girl giving out some flyers in the street. So I don't know any word. I, I came to them. I did like this. Hallelujah. 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 And they did like this. Hallelujah. 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 Said, this must be Christians. So they did like this. That means five o'clock. They showed me a hall here. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I said, oh, praise God, five o'clock. So five o'clock, I walk into that street, that hall. Everybody's, everywhere is full. And for sure, everybody's white. So I sat at the last chair, sit down. I don't know what they, who they are, whether they are mamas or Jehovah's Witness. I don't know. So I sat down there and watched. And they sang, sang. Then a man came to me and said to me, I understand English. I am from Poland, and I can help tell you what they are saying. I said, oh, please sit down here. Thank you so much. So I sit down, and he was telling me what they were talking about or singing. So they worship and singing. Then the preacher came to preach, and he stood to speak. And he spoke for about 10 minutes and then stopped and scratched his head and scratched his head and turned this way, turned that way, and said, hey, call that black man to come. What black man to come? So I told him, is another black man coming here? I look around. The guy said to me, he's calling you. I said, me? So I went to the front, thinking maybe you want to pray for me or what. He said to me, God sent you here. Do what God sent you to do. And he gave me the microphone and sat down. Why am I preaching here? Because this man gave me a chance. Many pastors in America never gave me a chance. 
many parts of the world. They think they are giving the black man a chance. No, they are giving the word of God a chance. Shame. In fact, the, the man that invited me first to check that 91, when I was about to go, I asked him to send me the invitation. He kept me waiting for three months. I was staying in the hotel waiting. The money I was supposed to go to the mission field, I was already using it. And finally, he gave me, sent me the invitation way, way late. And said to me, I have no time, I have no money, I have nobody. If you come here, I'll keep you for a few days and get out of here. I was almost saying, Lord, let me not go. Then I heard the Holy Ghost scream, I will help you. Please go. I will help you. I heard the Holy Ghost cry. There in the post office, as I got this letter from the only man that I, I met, I knew that I could at least walk with somehow. He wrote to me, no money, no time, no translator. I have no time. If you come here, I give you four days and you are out. I said, Lord, then what do I need to do? He screamed, I will help you. Now say with me, God will help me. Tell somebody, God will help you. The Lord will help you. That's why I went to church finally. Because I know the Lord said to me, I will help you. And for 29 years, he has helped me. Say with me, to God be the glory. So long story short, I took the microphone. I preached on salvation. People came and gave their life to Christ. I don't know who they are. Then after that, I said, okay, this very Jesus who has touched your heart, cleansed you from your sin, he also, he came to meet the need of the total man. He wants to heal your spirit from sin, your soul, your body. He came, to, he came to meet the need of every man, whether physical, mental, spiritual, or anywhere. He came to meet the need of every man. And he paid for your need to be met in any area of your life. Come on, people. Why are we preaching one side of the gospel? I said, he, he's here. He's not a black man or white. He's God. He's here. Even though you cannot see him, if you are sick in your body, come here and be healed. And the people came to the front. And before I could get my hand on them, they, boom, boom, everybody. People were scared. I said, oh my God, they would think I'm doing black magic. <laughs> I myself too was scared. That was my first time to see people fall under the power of God. So they, they, as they woke up, they checked their body and said, oh, the pain is gone. Everything is gone. I said, oh, but we didn't see what was wrong with them. People might think I'm doing some magic. Because they have never seen such a thing before. A, a black man walking from the street to the hall, and then he, there he preached, and people are falling down. Even the preacher was scared. I said, Here, is there anybody here with a visible disease? So you will know that it's not, it, this is not just something. God is my witness. They brought a boy who was born blind in both eyes, totally blind. They brought him to the forefront. They say, This is a visible disease. I said, but what's wrong with you? He said, I am blind. The mom said, that's my son. He was blind. It was about between 13 to 15 years ago. But he had his own stick there. They said, he's in the blind school in town. I said, okay, if Jesus Christ opened his blind eyes, then you will know that Jesus Christ is God. He's more than any man that ever lived. He is God Almighty. People stood up and watched. I stood in front of that mom and that son. And I laid my hands on that boy. I said, Oh, Father, stretch forth your hand and heal, heal now. Eyes be open. The boy fell down there. We all stood in there watching. The first thing I heard, which is the first word I heard in check was, Mama, feed him. Mama, I see, I see. And the boy jumped on the mom. 
for the first time, he saw the mom's face. So what am I saying? Then miracles, everybody, people see brand new body parts because they were hungry. They were desperate. Their life had been crushed by 40 years of communism. America thinks it, he, he has it all. And America is losing everything. It is time we allow the glory of Christ to invent the churches, our home and family, to invent the nation. Oh, Lord, deliver us. And so what happened to me? After those miraculous meetings, in many cities, in that time, they took me from here and there, and within a month, I had a mighty contact, and I left back. I said, I am going to try and understand more about the Holy Spirit. Where did those miracles come and the power? I want to know this God who opened his blind eyes. I want to know him more and intimately. So I bought books on the Holy Spirit. A.W. Tozer and all those books. And Kenny, you know, Kenny Copland, Kenny Hagen, and, and uh, Kenyon. I get those books. I took time and days in fasting and prayer and read them on my knees. I said, Holy Ghost, I want to know you. The Bible says it is our and this time we must take the a more earnest heed. Keep our focus undivided. Listen, if you perish, you blame yourself. If you don't know the truth and walk in the light, blame yourself, not God. You have a Bible. You, today, you, you can read it on the phone. And you, you, have, you, you can spend time and say, Lord, I want your light to fill every area of my life. I want to think right and speak right and reason right and choose right. I want to be established in the light of Jesus Christ. I don't want to be tricked or deceived. I don't want to take side with anybody. Because when you take side, you get blinded. Your scale is tilted. We must judge righteously. Judge truly. Never overesteem anybody above the other person. If you do, you are in the darkness. The Bible says, if you hate your brother, you are still in the darkness. This is why Christians are not praying, because their prayers are weakened. They, ask, they have so much offenses in their heart. They have so much offenses. They aggrieve, they, they quench the Holy Ghost. It is time we take an inventory. What do I know? Who am I? Do I really believe Jesus Christ? Do I really know and understand what took place on Calvary's cross? Do I really know and believe that Jesus Christ destroyed Satan through his death? Do I really know? Is it a part of my inner consciousness? Am I just a head believer, not a heart believer? Do I truly walk in the light? Do I walk in love? Do I walk in righteousness? Do I walk in holiness? Do I really believe the Bible? Come on, people. It is time. We have no more time. It is time you take the more earnest heed to the things you have heard. Jesus said, return to, the, to your first love. Remember what you've been taught, what you've learned, or else I will come to you and take away your candlestick. The candlestick is taking away darkness in vain. And our judgments and reasons become completely perverted. The way we see God, the way we see people, the way we see ourselves become flawed. The way we see life become twisted. And the devil interprets everything for you. Recently, a well-known prophet died in Africa. I don't want to mention the name. I saw his death four years ago, four years before he died. And when he died, the Lord said to me, the devil 
This is how the devil ruined him. He allowed the devil to interpret things for him. Even the Bible. And he ruined him. Friends, we have an enemy. The enemy is a liar. The enemy is a prince of darkness. You can't afford to walk anymore one day in offenses. You, it is too expensive. It is too, you can't open your soul to, to I'm, I'm, listen, you may, you may not know what I'm talking about. Pastor Mitch knows. Some of you guys here know. We are in the time of intense pressure. The devil knows his time is up. And he is trying everything he can to have access to your soul. And to disconnect you from every source of light. But thank God, it is not too late. In him was life. And the life was the light of man. I love light. Light reveals. Light exposes. Light gives you sound judgment and clear understanding. Light helps you to know what is behind people, what is behind things. Okay, somebody say hallelujah. I say, Lord, shine your light on this person. Shine your light on this. Shine your light on this decision that I'm trying to make. Am I influenced by anything Outside of you, am I judging righteously? Am I making this right move? Let your, let your word scrutinize my heart and mind. The Bible says the entrance of your word giveth light. It gives understanding to the simple. Somebody say hallelujah. Thank God for the word of God. God is the father of light. The light there means the word. The word is light. Where the word is, there is light. There's a divine illumination. That's why Paul prayed that the eyes of your heart might be filled with what? Light. That you might know why God called you. Why God chose you. And what he has made, what he has provided for your life. Say with me, oh God, let my heart be filled with your light. That I might know and see and behold the glory of God on the face of Jesus Christ. Can somebody say hallelujah? We are, we are in an hour where Jesus Christ will storm this wall. We will no more preach him. We will reveal him. <laughs> no more preaching. You will say, this is he. People will see him in us. They will hear him in us. Jesus Christ is about to storm the wall. He will come in you. He will come through you. He will speak in you. He will speak through me. And he, the glory of God shall fill the church. We are in the hour of fullness. The king is coming. Hallelujah. You must allow him to establish you in righteousness. Make sure your life is not bound in your sin. You sin, you buy food. You sin, you pay your rent. Kamuneso. Sikamayalos. God wants you to enter the economy of light. Light has its own economy. So also is darkness. You must be established in the economy of light. You must know his riches in glory. Christ will supply all your need according to his riches in glory. The American economy and the world economy is going down. But the economy of the kingdom of God will never go down. God will grant us creative miracle. He will call what is not as though they are and they come to be. 
The hour is coming when you won't depend on your paycheck and your money and your salary. God will supernaturally provide for you. If he, if he, if he needs an angel coming down from heaven to bring you food, God will do it. In this last hour, you will know that your God is alive and well. And he must be glorified on the earth. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, when the king making war with another king, he sits down and takes an inventory. Say with me, inventory. You see, this is why I like crisis. Crisis is good. Because it makes you go home. The things you've been despising and ignoring, you begin to value them. <laughs> COVID came. You, there's no cinema open. Nothing is open. So you have to go home. But if you have no home, <laughs> you sleep on top of the tree. As a man makes his bed, so he lies on it. So you've been abusing your wife all your years. Never take care of home. Never take care of family. Now there's no cinema. And there's no walk to go and escape. You're going to go home. And if your home is hell, you are in hell. But if you made your home a home, and you love your wife, and you love your husband, you have a home to go back to. At last, we begin to understand the importance of family. Because in the midst of crisis, crisis sends us on a home run. You go back home and make home home. You know who is really with you when there is crisis. When you have no place to go and nowhere to run to. Then you know that you can only run to God. No crisis comes into your life. It sends you on a home run. That is the time to bring out your old dusty Bible and undust it. Find your old tapes and listen. There's no place to go. Nowhere. I might as well read my Bible then. At last you have a time. Before you were busy. Had no time to read your Bible. At last there's no job. Nothing to keep you busy. It is you and you and God. And then crisis makes you, as COVID came, you go home. You go home and you try to know who you really are. You, you know yours. You have enough time to be with yourself. <laughs> There's no friends coming. It is forbidden. So you, you stay home and look at your big head. And ask yourself, who am I? Am I human or frog? And, and you, you just, you, you are now, you have time to yourself now. And if there's nothing inside of you, it exposes your emptiness to you. And then you will say, I need God. God, come. Do something in me. Listen, it's an hour. It's a time to do home run. What do you have at home? You see, in the Jewish culture, you never know any person until you go to their home. That's why Christ, when he wants to know somebody, he go and eat with them. Zacchaeus, come down. Today, I will dine in your home. Matthew, the tax collector, today, I'll be in your home. Jews never take you as a friend till you know where they live. The two disciples of John the Baptist, as John said, this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. They heard him say that over and over again. They followed Jesus. Christ turned and said, hey, why are you following me? They said to him, Master, where do you dwell? Because 
I cannot say I know you till I have been to your home and dined with you. He said to them, come and see. And they came and they abode with him that day. That's why Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If you open the door of your heart and your house and your life, I will come in and sup with you. For the Jewish culture, you must, you cannot say this man is my friend. We don't know where they live. You never had dinner. You never had lunch with them. There's that culture of get home with my friend. And so it is time to go home. What you are looking for outside will meet you in the house. You have to bring faith home, prayer home, Bible home, love home, joy home, peace home. Don't destroy your home because when everything shuts down, the only thing you have is home. Those of you who are despising the church, ignoring the church, you come as you want. You are like, you know, a, a fair weather friend. You don't yet learn the lesson. God in this last hour will not come and deal with you in the highway and the byway. He will meet you in the church, in the house of God. It is time we put the first things first. Give the church, give Christ his rightful place in your thinking and in your mind. The church must occupy a rightful place in your heart. We are in this hour of crisis. We must be our brother's keepers. When we all come together with one heart, one love, one faith, one baptism, one father, one spirit, there is a corporate anointing. If, if there are only two people who are spiritual, fighting all the demons in rally, it will wear them down. Look at Paul. With all the power and anointing, he always cried, brethren, pray for us. Brethren, pray for me. I was in a church years ago in, in Jackson, uh, Mississippi, preaching there. I think what was the name of that church? Uh, I forgot the name of that church now, but years ago. And I was preaching there in the church. And as I stood there preaching, God opened my eyes. And I saw all the pillars of the church has fallen. Only one pillar was standing and holding the church. I said, hey, would you let me tell you what I saw now? They said, yeah. I said, are you sure you really want me to tell you? Will you not stone me? They said, no, I won't stone you. I said, okay. Number one, somebody will soon drop down in this pulpit and die. Number two, the pillars of this church has all collapsed. Only one beam, one pillar is holding the entire church. This is why Christianity has become like a, a church has become like a one-man business. Why? Because nobody cares. Nobody say, put the burden on my shoulder. Nobody say, pastor, if you need me, call me. Nobody has time. So many times, the churches are standing on one pillar. When the pillar becomes so weak and tired, only a few people pray, only a few people fast, only a few people live righteously, only people witness, only people give a tithe and offering, only a few. How long will the pillars of the church hang on one person's shoulder? When they are broken down, everything dies. And they blame one person for whatever goes wrong. This is not the body of Christ. It is not a one-man show. I told our church in check. If you guys don't wake up and join in fasting and in prayer, I will return back to Africa. And I was serious. I want to be in the midst of people who fast, who pray, who seek God, who are living for God, who are full of the Holy Ghost and power. I cannot risk my life. I cannot fight the whole demons in Czech Republic alone. Because that's not how the body of Christ works. Everybody must take their place. And then we will see victory in a wonderful way. We must forget about our own individual thinking and come to collective reasoning. 
It is my father's house. You are not serving Pastor Mitch. You're not serving the church. You are serving Christ. It is Christ who will reward you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It is time we put this childish taste behind and let Christ rule and reign in the midst of his people. I challenge you today, go over and over. When you hear the word of God preached, go home and take time to understand it. Go home to yourself. Have your own personal time of study, your own personal time of prayer. Know how to kneel in your house. Make an altar in your home. Say, Lord, speak to me. Pray with your wife. Pray with your husband. Turn the TV off. When will, you, when will you wake up and know the times has changed? You are still, your house is on fire. You are chasing fireflies. Church, let's wake up and learn something. We should never again just allow ourselves to drift away. And all that we've learned, all we've heard, all the preaching, all, they all end here in church. When we say the last prayer, everybody go home and put them back their American cap on their head. And we begin to think American again. Christ is in the church. We're gone. And you talk and act and behave as if that was just like a, you know, a statue. The water is poured out of your mouth, but there's nothing inside. In these last days, it will be very, very strange. And why am I saying this? I, I, will be, I will be pained when I hear that you are following. It will grieve me when I see that you couldn't make it, that you couldn't stand, that the pressure could overwhelm you. It doesn't have to be. Somebody say, it doesn't have to be. Stand with your pastor. Stand with your family. Forgive your wife. Forgive your husband. You, you, when the enemy is on the door, you don't, you don't chase rats in your home. Unite and fight the common enemy. Unite as a body of Christ. Christ is coming. Don't be an offense and a stumbling block to everybody. Cleanse your tongue from gossip and from backsliding. From demons will fly into your mouth. Please, I beg you in Jesus. Wake up now and be holy. Wake up. Let God's glory be revealed in your life. If for those who do, the best is yet to come. For those who don't do that, the worst is ahead of you. I, I told my people in the church, church, say, listen, I don't have to change my message. The COVID, the crisis has justified my messages. You all thought I was preaching hard. Look at the hardness now. The cry of the Holy Ghost from the pastors and preachers trying to prepare the body of Christ for what was to come. They thought it was just a hard message. Yeah. Look at the crisis. We don't even know what lies ahead. Go back and listen. I was already on the victory. Go back and listen to the cry of the Holy Ghost in this church. Even my teachings here and preachings here and pastor here. Go back and listen. Go and make an inventory and know what you have and what you possess. So you can know how to best use what you have. So when the enemy comes, can somebody say hallelujah? You know what you have. We overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb. Have a revelation of the blood of Jesus Christ. Not just against the devil, but against your own sin. 
Let the blood purge your conscience. And by the word of your testimony, let the word of God scrutinize you, judge you, prune you, and judge your actions and bring you to light every area of your life. Give God's word unlimited access into your heart. Let the word speak to you. Don't judge it. Don't critique it. Don't pick some and take some away. Open yourself, become naked before the eyes of him with whom we must give account. For the word of God is a living thing, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and bone and marrow. And is a discerner of the intents and thoughts of the heart. And this is, let the word scrutinize, judge your actions. Let the word put a scale of justice in your conscience. So, you will know when, oh, that wasn't right. Lord, I'm sorry. I ought not to be at home tonight when that's supposed to be in the church. That was a wrong judgment. I'm gone to the church. Shouldn't have said that to the pastor. You you have that scale of eternal justice right in your conscience. Shouldn't have said that to my wife. Come on, that that wasn't the Listen, honey, I, I, I'm sorry. Shouldn't have said that to you. you. You have that scale. Ask yourself, what am I doing in the church? How am I helping? Am I serving with all my heart? Am I sincere? Am I honest in what I'm doing? How am I, am I, how am I allowing God to use me? What, am I faithful at home in the church? Why do I sit here spending all my day on t- can't you have that scale where they say, TV is enough now? Can't you have that thing in your heart where they say, okay, enough of chocolate. <laughs> enough is enough. <laughs> enough of this food. When the, that comes into your conscience, you have the scale. You can judge righteously. And God is so happy when his children are able to discern righteously. Can somebody say hallelujah? The true light is shining. Please, don't resist the light. Let it expose you. Let the light expose you and weigh you on the scale of light. You will love it. After he has purified you, you comfort like gold. The Christian life is still the best and the only good life to live on earth. In fact, even if there is no heaven, this is the best life to live. Can somebody say hallelujah? I'm telling you, this is the ultimate of life. Life in Christ. Life in the world. Come on, people. Wake up. There's more to your life than what you know. And the more the light shines, the more the light reveals you to you. That's the one thing about the light. It, it shines it opens your eyes and you are aware of what is what the Father has made provision for your life. Oh, I can leave. I was there in, in, in Newton, Texas. My friend James Hughes, you know about him. I was there in their little church in, 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 Carol, in, in Newton, Texas many years ago. And the pastor was cutting the tree in the front of the house. And he, in the front of the church and he fell. And they gave him no hope. The wife, Sister Maggie, saw white folks there. They called me in church, said, Festus, Festus, 
your pastor friend is dying. He fell. I said, oh my God. And they're giving him no hope. He's lying down there at Beaumont Hospital. So I flew from church. They said, they are waiting for me to come. And whatever I say, I said, oh God. I flew to the hospital. He's lying down there. I don't know what to say. I, I, I kept quiet. I look at, look at, look at, looking at him. Oh, I got a light. Hey, 12 more years for you. You are coming out of here. He lived. He was healed. And he lived 12 more years. You remember Mary, this was nine, he took me there. Mary was dying. They already put the pipes. Want to come out of her body. Already get money. The, the wife of uh, Toro. Is that right? Yes, yes. He said, brother, brother Festus, let's go. Brother took me there. Let's, in let's, let's go and, and pray for Mary. She's really, in, I mean, they give her no hope to live anymore. I, said, I don't know. I can't do it. I don't know what to say. I look at this woman with the pipes and water dripping out of her body. A little brother total old man. And I said, I look it. I look. I said, oh, oh, in four days, you'll be frying egg for Toro, for your husband. You are coming out here. She got healed. This is the night he took me there. The woman got healed. Anytime I come to Brookhaven, she always put $40 in an envelope and bring, and bring to me. Come on, people. God is a God of wonder. Surrender yourself to miracles. Let your life Become a wonder. God created you to display in you and display through you his majesty and glory. You are to be his showcase. He wants to showcase himself in you and through you. He didn't create you for yourself. He made you like a showroom where everybody can come. Even the devils and demons and humans can look and see God. There was a woman there in, Bro in, in Vicksburg, Mississippi. She kind of a little shortest woman, and she looked very funny. Her ears, everything mangled. She always come late to the church. She came last. She stood at the door over there, and the moment they come to meet her, she run away. She just doesn't like the way she look. When they came to the church there, as I stood there preaching, and the Holy Ghost moved on me, and I ran to the back, and I pulled her to the forefront, and, 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 and I touched her, and I fell on her, and laid hand on her. Instantly, she become brightened and become beautiful. The next time I came, I couldn't make her out. She picked up skill and looked beautiful. The light of God's glory brightens our lives. Somebody here now is being healed of toothache. Somebody is being healed in their ear. While I'm talking, God is healing your knee. God has stepped in into your heart to fix it, your, to regulate your heartbeat. The God who made the heart, he fixes the heart. There's a healing now in your throat. Somebody here, whatever was going through there, the Lord is healing you right now. While you were hearing the word, the Lord was instant there doing some things in your life. He is doing a miracle in your home, in your house, in your family. While you are hearing the word of God here, the pressure, the demonic pressure in your family is now cast out. The power of God is right here, right now upon your life. Lift your hand and worship the Almighty God, the God of light and power, the God from whom all good things come. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. Come on, abandon yourself to miracle. Present your body to God. 
Lie down on his operating table. Don't resist. Strip yourself bare. Forget about your pride. Forget about who you are. Come on, say, Lord, I lay my life down before you. Heal me in out. Make me a display of your glory and majesty and power. Come on, be revealed in me. Lord Jesus Christ, be glorified in my life. Be magnified in my body. Invade my world. Invade my mind with your light. In, let nothing darkness, let nothing of darkness remain in me anymore. Purge my conscience from every sin and hypocrisy. Cleanse me and touch my mind. Let every defilement, every evil thinking, every evil speaking, every demonic reasoning and imagination, every unclean desires, Lord Jesus Christ, penetrate by your light. Let your light pierce and penetrate my being. My blood, my bone, my joint and marrow, my mind, my brain, every cell in my being. Let your light enter in. You see, COVID was the breath of Satan. It was the breath of death. I saw Satan. I saw that man twice. He came to my home, the COVID. I was praying with my wife and this that demon walked inside twice. I say, you have no part here. You can't come here. He came twice to the church. I, I chased him away. Say, you have no place here. You must go. It is the breath of Satan. It is the breath of death. He breath. He used that breath. That's why people are suffocating. He's suffocating people. You know what's happening now? God is releasing a fresh breath of the Holy Ghost to the nostrils of his people. Can somebody say hallelujah? God is releasing a fresh breath. Come on, come on, lift up your hand. Come on, come on. Say, Father, breathe into me the breath of your spirit. Breathe in and then breathe out. Four times. Breathe in and breathe out. Four times. The breath of God Entering right now into your nostrils, driving every works of darkness, every hidden things of darkness. The breath of God drives them away. Breathing. Breath of heaven. Breath of life. Breath of refreshing and renewing. Mozamaya. Losora. Mosabrede. Thank you, Father. Breathe into your people the breath of life. Every stress, every pressure, every anxiety and nervousness and restlessness is just away by the breath of God. Lazuria. The breath of God, even right here in your home where you are. Mosamayalete. Makwara no samate. The God who breathed into man in the beginning is breathing into man again. Receive the breath of Jehovah. Receive the breath of God. The breath of the Holy Spirit. The pressure in your chest has disappeared. The migraine. The nerve is healed by the breath of Jehovah. The breath of God into your being. The breath 
The breath of Jehovah. Every unclean breath. Every pressure in your mind, in your soul, in your bone and joint and marrow. Every poison in your system is now neutralized by the breath of God. Breathe upon all creation the breath of life. Breathe in me. Breath of heaven. Feel me one more time. Breath of heaven. Breathe into me. I open my heart. I open my life. I abandon myself to you. Breath of heaven. Breathe into me. I breathe you, bread of life, bread of life, breathe into me, Father of life, Father of life, Father of mercies, breathe into me, Father of life, bread of heaven, breathe into me. I worship you. I adore you, King of glory. Breathe into me. Oloro molo batere. Oshakata kapotekete. He's breathing into you. You have a strength and energy you have never known before. Strength is coming. He's strengthening you with might in your inner man. The breath of God. Brings life. Diseases and healings are being diseases are being healed. The breath of God. Some of you go home tonight. You wake up breathing like a little baby. No more restless night. You sleep like a child. And you wake up totally, completely strong. And sound. The migraine is gone. For Christ has breath into your being. Receive the breath of God. Thank you, Jesus. The breath of purity. The breath of righteousness and holiness. The breath of mercy and compassion. It's a strength. Thank you, Master. Thank you, living God.